Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be talking about my top five league-winning wide receivers for fantasy football in 2021. Inside of today's video, I'm going to go in-depth on these five wide receivers that I believe are going to be league winners in 2021, and obviously break down why I believe they are going to be those league winners in 2021. But before we get on in to the in-depth, that deep dive into these wide receivers, I would like to ask, if you are new to my YouTube channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, to please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below. Not only is it free, I put out content every Every single day to help you guys win your 2021 fantasy football championship and while you're down there whether you are new to the channel or not please make sure to hit that like button down below to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video i'd also like to let you guys know that my rankings are available for free on awesomeo.com. The link to the rankings will be in the description as well as in the pinned comment. I also write articles on awesomeo.com every single day for free, so please make sure that you check those out. There will also be a cheat sheet created from those rankings for you guys to bring to your drafts in the next day or two. I will make sure to update you guys when those are out. If you want to get them as soon as they're out, you can either just check out awesomeo.com all the time on the fantasy football tab or follow me on Twitter at NotoriousFNTSY. I would also like to give a quick disclaimer that if at any point there is any background noise, that is the thunderstorm that is going on around me. Zeus is raining down on this parade today, so hopefully that's not an issue in the future, unless, of course, there's another thunderstorm tomorrow, but I highly doubt that. So without further ado, let's get on into it. The first league-winning wide receiver that I want to be discussing today is wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons, Calvin Ridley. Now, Calvin Ridley has been one of my favorite draft targets inside of the second round. One of my favorite draft targets at the wide receiver position outside of those top three three guys. Currently coming off the board, underdog ADP wide receiver number four, overall pick 13.5, up 2.44 slots on the week. Now, the thing with Calvin Ridley is that he is kind of smashed in with that myriad of wide receivers in the range of it's Calvin Ridley, D-Hop, and then you're going to start to see Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. He's kind of in that range of wide receiver. He's not quite in the range of the guys like Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, and Tyreek Hill, who basically everyone has inside of their top three clump at the wide receiver position. I also have all of those guys ranked inside of my top three. I have Devontae Adams, then Stefan Diggs, then Tyree Kill. If you have them in some other type of order, I would not argue with that as well. Those are the clear top three wide receivers in fantasy football. But in that group going after that with Justin Jefferson, with Calvin Ridley, with DK Metcalf, with DeAndre Hopkins, to me, the best wide receiver there is Calvin Ridley. And I think Calvin Ridley has a very solid chance of being not just the best of that group, but being the best wide receiver in in fantasy football for 2021. Last year in 15 games, Calvin Ridley finished as the wide receiver number five in PPR, four and a half PPR, and the wide receiver number four in standard, averaging 18.8 PPR points per game, 15.8 half PPR points per game, and 12.8 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Calvin Ridley was the wide receiver four in PPR, four and a half PPR, and the wide receiver number three in standard. And mind you, a lot of these games, more than half of the games that Calvin Ridley had, guess who was playing? Julio Jones. Julio Jones was in these games, and Calvin Ridley was still performing up to expectation. And then guess what? When Julio Jones was out of the game, he was still performing. So it didn't really matter at all for Calvin Ridley's upside. Even as the target number two on the team, this guy was still 
feasting game in and game out. And now Julio Jones is gone. Now, a lot of argument I've seen against Calvin Ridley to me makes absolutely fucking no sense. And that argument is that with Kyle Pitts there, that is going to somehow siphon away some targets from Calvin Ridley. How does that make any sense? How does that make any sense? There is no way Kyle Pitts is going to get anywhere near the workload that Julio Jones would get when Julio Jones was healthy. And guess what? When Julio Jones was healthy, Calvin Ridley was still performing. Kyle Pitts will be a useful piece in this offense and a useful fantasy tight end, depending on where you draft him. Uh, if you guys have been watching my channel, you would know how I stand on Kyle Pitts. I like him this year, but I'm not going crazy over him, drafting him inside the fourth or fifth round or something, but that has nothing to do with this video. Calvin Ridley is going to be perfectly fine. Russell Gage is going to be a solid option on this team as the wide receiver too, and Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage will have zero impact on Calvin Ridley it might actually have a positive impact, if I'm being honest with you, because if Kyle Pitts really is this elite tight end, this Megatron, this Calvin Johnson, that all these draft analysts like Mel Kuyper match him up to be, then man, oh man, how are you going to double cover Calvin Ridley if this freak of fucking nature, Kyle Pitts, is on the team? So that's kind of my thought process against the argument that with Julio Jones gone, Calvin Ridley will somehow fail. He had 143 targets last year, 9.5 per game, ranking 7th at wide receiver for Calvin Ridley. 90 receptions, 6.0 per game, 11th at wide receiver. He had 1,374 receiving yards, 91.6 per game, 4th at wide receiver for 9 total touchdowns, 9th at the wide receiver position. Pretty solid numbers, right? 25.1% target share in the Falcons offense, 13th. 26.8% red zone. I expect the target share to increase because like I was saying, Julio Jones was still playing in nine of those games last year. So Calvin Ridley, his stock should be going up with Julio Jones. And I believe this is going to be one of the most pass heavy offenses in the National Football League, if not the most pass heavy offense in the National Football League. Year in and year out, Matt Ryan is basically going out there and throwing his arm out. I'm surprised this guy hasn't had to get Tommy John surgery with the strict amount of, not the strict amount of times, but with the severe amount of times that this guy's having to hurl the pigskin into the air year in and year out. I understand that losing Julio Jones might stunt this offense slightly. But if everyone who loves Kyle Pitts believes that he is as good as he is, this offense should not see that at all. And this offense should be firing at all cylinders. And Calvin Ridley could actually finish as the guy with the number one amount of targets in fantasy football in 2021. And if he increases those touchdowns, if he scores like 10, 11, 12 touchdowns, boy, oh boy, could this guy be the wide receiver number one in fantasy football. Next up, the second wide receiver that I believe is a league-winning wide receiver for fantasy football in 2021 is Calvin Ridley's old teammate, Julio Jones, wide receiver now of the Tennessee Titans, underdog ADP, wide receiver number 18 overall pick, 39.4, down 0.9 slots on the week. Death, taxes, Julio Jones, top 12 wide receiver are things that are inevitable in life. But Nick, Julio Jones is 32 years old. Come on, man. 32 years old. Don't worry about how old Julio Jones is. Julio Jones has shown zero signs of slowing down. Now people point to, hey, Nick, he's injury prone. He missed nine games last season. Sure, that's a lot. But before that, he barely missed any games in his career. So the argument that Julio Jones is injury prone 
is fucking stupid. Then there is another argument. Now, I'm not saying that you guys are making this argument, but I'm just outlying a lot of the arguments I see on the internet against Julio Jones. Another argument is that, hey, Nick, Julio Jones is on a team that likes to run the ball. That's true. They like to run the ball at Derrick Henry. But then why was A.J. Brown so good in fantasy last year? And why was Corey Davis, who is a arguably one of the biggest busts in the NFL draft, he started actually turning it on. Well, not one of the biggest busts ever, but he was definitely a huge bust in that draft. And then last year he started turning it on. So I'm not saying that Julio Jones is Corey Davis because Corey Davis sucks ass compared to what Julio Jones is. But he was productive. So how could Julio Jones not be productive? Why would they bring in Julio Jones? Why would they trade for Julio Jones if they were just going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry 7 million times and never look once to throw the ball to Julio Jones? To me, it is ludicrous that this guy is going as the wide receiver number 18. The other wide receivers going around him, it seems disrespectful to Julio Jones's name that he is even being considered below these other wide receivers. Playing in nine games last year, wide receiver 52 in PPR, 53 and a half PPR and 52 in standard. When you only play in nine games, you're not going to get anywhere close to sniffing the top 25 at the wide receiver position, but he averaged 16.2 PPR points per game, 13.4 half PPR points per game, and 10.6 standard points per game. Meaning, on a points per game basis, he was the wide receiver 14 in PPR, 13 and a half PPR, and 12 in standard. So, the age clearly does not affect the man. At 32 years old, or 31 years old, however he was old last season, he's 32.5 years old now. Who gives a fuck? There, he has not shown any signs. Not even an ounce of a shine, a sign, I should say, that this guy is going to slow down. The biggest argument to me against Julio Jones is the fact that this man is allergic to scoring touchdowns. Like, he says, he sees the end zone, he's running towards the end zone, and he just shits himself. He's wide open in the end zone, he jumps up, and he drops it every single time. It's like he has no idea how to score a touchdown. But it doesn't matter, because even with him scoring, like, th three, four, or five touchdowns every single year, it never matters, because he's still a top 10, a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy football. 68 targets last year, one off of being very nice, 7.6 per game, 64th at wide receiver. He had 51 receptions, 5.7 per game, 53rd at wide receiver, 771 receiving yards, 39th at wide receiver in nine games, nine games, 771 receiving yards, and three total touchdowns, 65th at wide receiver. Please show me any type of argument you can make against Julio Jones in the comments if you don't like Julio Jones, and we can have a discussion. To me, why the fuck is he being drafted as the wide receiver 18? He could easily be the number one target on this team and beat down A.J. Brown. I like A.J. Brown in fantasy. You want to know why? Because I love this offense. This offense, to me, seems unstoppable. Ryan Tannehill, obviously, that guy's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Aaron Rodgers or something, but he is a above-average NFL quarterback. He has maybe the most elite tandem at the wide receiver position in the NFL. Maybe you say it's Godwin and it's Evans, or you point somewhere else, and that's okay. But it is definitely in the consideration of one of the most elite wide receiver cores of the NFL with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. And then, who do you have standing next to you, Ryan Tannehill? You have Derek fucking Henry. This offense is going to move the ball so effectively. Now, I understand that Julio Jones will probably never, never score like 10-plus touchdowns. Never. But maybe, maybe he's getting targeted more in the red zone in Tennessee. Last year, 21.7% red zone target rate. Maybe that goes up. Maybe they're trying to get Julio to 
fix the curse that has been set upon him by like a witch or some shit as to why he can't score a touchdown. So I like Julio Jones this year. I don't see why he's wide receiver 18 and I might seem like a madman here screaming or something, but the fact that he's wide receiver 18 just shows the amount of disrespect that Julio Jones is being given in these drafts. Next up, we have the wide receiver number three of this video, Deontay Johnson, wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers, underdog ADP, wide receiver number 25, overall pick 48.9 off of the board, up plus 1.92 slots on the week. But before we get on into the breakdown of Deontay Johnson, I would like to ask again that if you have ended up enjoying through the first 10-ish minutes of this video, we're about halfway through, we're three out of five wide receivers in, to please make sure you hit that subscribe button, please make sure to hit that like button as well, and make sure that you leave a comment down below on whether you like these wide receivers or not, because I know, probably, now, this never happens, I talk about Deontay Johnson a lot because I want to really hammer home how good I believe he will be, that... I always say that Deontay Johnson is a very polarizing player in fantasy football. I say that I believe that either you love the guy or you think this guy is a fucking drop machine and you never want to draft him in your life. But every time I say that, I don't see much backlash in the comments for people who don't believe in Deontay Johnson. So coming off the board at wide receiver 25, pick 48.9, seems like the vast majority doesn't understand the real upside that Deontay Johnson possesses. In 15 games, finishing as the wide receiver, 21 in PPR, 22 and a half PPR, and the 26th wide receiver in standard. Averaging 14.8 PPR points per game, 11.9 half PPR points per game, and 8.9 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, he was the wide receiver, 21 in PPR, 22 and a half PPR, tied with like seven other wide receivers, and the wide receiver number 31 in standard. He did all this being drafted as a very late round target last year. He was one of the targets that I was heavily scoping in on last offseason, if you're watching my channel, because I believed that this guy was Big Ben's favorite target, and if this guy's given the chance, he is, in my opinion, the best wide receiver realistically on this team. He's always open. His separation is amazing. His biggest issue is that he's not the best at doing what wide receivers are supposed to do, which is catch the ball. But I believe that this is an argument that you should be making from last year, but this is something that will not be happening this year. In the game, Hall of Fame game, last week, Deontay Johnson did not struggle a bit with catching the football, didn't drop a single ball. Tonight, I believe, tonight is the Steelers game. We will see yet again... Sorry for punch at the table. That might have made a loud noise. We'll see yet again that Deontay Johnson is not going to struggle with holding onto the football. Big Ben loves feeding Deontay Johnson. He does. Chase Claypool is the touchdown guy. He is. He scores a lot of touchdowns. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns this year again. But Deontay Johnson is his overall favorite target. Last year, Deontay Johnson had 144 targets. 9.6 per game, 6th at wide receiver. 144 targets. He only had 88 receptions on 144 targets, 13th at wide receiver, 5.9 per game. For 924 receiving yards, 25th at wide receiver, 61.6 per game. 144 targets, only 88 receptions, only 924 receiving yards. What? Seven total touchdowns, 19th at wide receiver. 27.8% target rate, 20th at wide receiver. 22.9% target share, 27th at wide receiver. So, what happened last year? The biggest thing, like I said earlier, was the drops. The drops weren't very good. 11 drops, 0.7 per game, number one at wide receiver. A 7.6% 
drop rate, 16th at wide receiver, 61% catch rate, 79th at wide receiver. Wasn't the best, obviously. Was not a very good good season out of Deontay Johnson when it came to using his hands. But 7.10 target accuracy, 67th at wide receiver. 67th at wide receiver. So the targets weren't even the best coming from Big Ben. So you could put a lot of blame on Deontay Johnson, but you could also put some blame on Big Ben. Now, overall, the argument here is that Deontay Johnson is still the number one target in Pittsburgh. He's still Big Ben's guy. And in fantasy football, what I am chasing, especially around this range, when I've already likely in my leagues, if you guys watch my video, I, I try to do value-based drafting, but early on in the draft, most of the time, I like to go running back. Now, again, if the running backs aren't there that I like, then I'm fine drafting wide receivers early. I am fine drafting a tight end early. But typically, when I have these running backs at the start, Deontay Johnson is a wide receiver two that I can get on my team. The second guy I take at the wide receiver position, and I genuinely believe this guy can be top 12. I really believe that if Deontay Johnson is fed this much, if they're still throwing the ball at a very high rate, and if Deontay Johnson doesn't drop the ball so there's no chance that he gets benched, then the fucking ceiling is the moon at this point. So, next guy up here that we're going to be talking about, sophomore wide receiver of the Denver Broncos, Jerry Judy. Underdog ADP wide receiver, 29 off the board. Overall pick, 59.2, up 8.2 slots on the week. And that just goes to show you how much people hate Deontay Johnson because Deontay Johnson's pick 48.9 and Jerry Judy is about 10 picks away. And Jerry Judy looked disgusting. Like, like disgusting, not in the cool way where it's like, damn, Tony Hawk, that trick was disgusting. <laughs> it's more of like, that was disgusting. Like, dude, what the fuck, Jerry Judy? Jerry Judy played like dog shit last year. And I like Jerry Judy, so this is no shot against Jerry Judy. But I don't understand really why people don't like Deontay Johnson. Maybe you guys can tell me in the comments. But Jerry Judy, last year, it seemed like the perfect scenario. He comes off the board, 15th overall in the NFL draft, and I'm like, man, oh man, he goes to Denver. This is perfect, because Sutton's the wide receiver one, Judy's the wide receiver two, he learns from Cortland Sutton, he's going to get better, because Cortland Sutton is there, and things are going to be perfect there, right? Horsecock Drew Locke's going to make that second-year leap, or the third-year leap, I'm not sure how long this motherfucker's been in the NFL, but he's going to make that next leap, and man, oh man, he's going to look good. And then, Cortland Sutton fucking just gets hurt week one. Drew Locke looks like the most inconsistent quarterback in the NFL, which sucked, but the Cortland Sutton injury was way worse than what was going on with Drew Locke. So, now, Jerry Judy going into his second season, his sophomore season, now has... Cortland Sutton back, so Cortland Sutton's going to take away some coverage because Jerry Judy last year was assumed as the only wide receiver target on that team. The other guys behind him were nowhere near as good as Jerry Judy, so he was dealing uh, with the number one coverage on the other team, and he was still all right. Now, again, wasn't amazing, but he was all right. 16 games, wide receiver 45 in PPR, 44 and half PPR, wide receiver 43 in standard, averaging 9.8 PPR points per game, 8.2 half PPR points per game, and 6.6 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, he was the wide receiver 59 in PPR, 57 and half PPR, and 57 in standard. Now, I know exactly the argument to make against Jerry Judy. It is that his quarterback, horsecock, Drew Locke, my guy, sucks. He sucks, right? But guess what? They're probably going to start with Drew Locke as the starter, which I would too if I was the Denver Broncos, because you want to see what you have in him, right? You want to see if maybe he can take that next leap with a healthy Sutton, with a healthy Jerry Judy. You want to see 
that maybe this guy shows some flashes and maybe where he was balling out in some of those games and looking like shit the other, maybe he's able to not be a more momentum-based quarterback and be reliable game in and game out. And if you don't see that out of him, then guess what happens? Two gloves, Teddy Bridgewater comes in to save the day. And guess what happens? Jerry Judy or Te or Cortland Sutton's value doesn't fall off the edge of the earth because they still have a quarterback that is competent behind him. So even if you don't like Drew Locke, to me, there's no argument against drafting Jerry Judy because if Drew Locke doesn't play good, then he's just going to get benched, in my opinion, at least. That's what should happen. 113 targets last season for Mr. Jerry Judy, 7.1 per game, 21st at wide receiver. 52 receptions, 51st at wide receiver, 856 receiving yards, 30th at wide receiver for three total touchdowns, 65th at wide receiver. You want to know who else was dropping the ball? Jerry Judy, eight drops, 7th at wide receiver, 0.5 per game, 7.1% drop rate, 20th at wide receiver. But he also was dealing with bad quarterback play, catchable target rate, 62.8%, 105th at wide receiver, 46.0% catch rate, 106th at wide receiver. So he wasn't playing that great, but I'm going to point the finger at Drew Locke playing bad, at the fact that Cortland Sutton was gone, and at the fact that it was his rookie year. Some people are not putting that into account, that this was a COVID offseason. But Nick, Justin Jefferson played great. Uh, so did CeeDee Lamb. Uh, so did all these up. T. Higgins, he played great. So did Chase Claypool in their rookie year. I understand, but some people need that one-year cushion. So many people are so quick to throw a wide receiver out of there. They're so quick to say Judy sucked ass in his first year and throw him out. I truly believe in his second year in the NFL, sparks are going to fly for Jerry Judy. Final league-winning wide receiver. Here's a guy that I haven't talked too much about. One of my guys from the past for the last two years on my channel, Tyler. Yeah, Boyd, wide receiver of the Cincinnati Bengals. Underdog ADP, pick number 70.5 off the board right now. Overall pick 70.5, wide receiver 34. Wide receiver 34, and I think that's a correct pricing of him because this is a loaded wide receiver core. But in most drafts on Yahoo, ESPN, NFL, he goes later than that because Jamar and T. Higgins go so much higher. And if you believe, like myself, that this Bengals offense is going to be very high octane, having to pass the ball at an exorbitant rate because the defense sucks ass, Joe Burrow's offensive line sucks because for some reason they don't know how to draft an offensive lineman. Instead, they bring in Jamar Chase. So they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And guess what that means for Tyler Boyd? He is the discount piece. He is the wide receiver that people aren't looking at. But guess what? He is going to be a very consistent piece in this offense. Tyler Boyd, wide receiver 29, 35, and 37 last year. 29 in PPR, 35 and half PPR, and 37 in standard in 15 games, averaging 12.8 PPR points per game, 10.2 half PPR points per game, and 7.6 standard points per game. Meaning, on a points per game basis, he was the wide receiver 37 in PPR, 38 and half PPR, and the wide receiver 43 in standard. But if you guys go back and you remember, this guy was looking mighty fine with Joe Burrow. When Burrow was playing, Boyd was looking good. But once Burrow got hurt, there were a lot of down games. For instance, week 12 against the Giants, 4.5 points, half PPR, 0 points against Pittsburgh, 2.2 points against Baltimore. So things got worse when he was gone, obviously, when Joe Burrow was gone. Why would that happen? Because the quarterback play wasn't as good. Now, if you take this and you say, 
Nick, I'd rather have Chase and I'd rather have Higgins. I agree. I would rather have Chase or Higgins. But when you're looking for that league-winning wide receiver, when you're looking at basing a wide receiver, you're basing it off of where they are going and the potential that they could potentially have. As wide receiver 34, much later on a lot of other websites, the price is correct for Tyler Boyd to want to draft him and attack what should be one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the league. 110 targets, 7.3 per game, ranking 22nd at wide receiver. 79 receptions, 20 per game. 841, or not 20 per game, Jesus. <laughs> 20th at wide receiver. 841 receiving yards, 33rd wide receiver. Four touchdowns, 48th at wide receiver. So, again, the reason why I like Tyler Boyd is because of the team he is on and how much they are going to pass the ball. Could this go down the drain 100%, but there's a lot of talk right now about Jamar Chase struggling with separation. So, what if he struggles his first year? He hasn't played football, remember, since 2019. He opted out in 2020 of the LSU Tigers. So maybe it takes him a while to get, to get it, to, you know, get back to the football shape, get back to playing football, and in that time, Tyler Boyd swoops up and plays great. I like Tyler Boyd a lot. Wide receiver 34 off the board. Overall pick number 70.5. So thank you guys all so much for watching this video. I hope you did end up enjoying. If you did, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to hit that like button down below as well. I love you guys so much. Thank you for everything we have seen recently. So many subscriber growth recently. And I owe it all to you guys. Without you guys, these videos would never even happen. So thank you guys for everything. I love you guys. Make sure you stay safe. Osmo.com. Link down in the description for my rankings as well as for my articles. Love you guys. Stay safe. Probably a rankings update tomorrow. Goodbye.